We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Flo here with a word that's just weird. Terry cloth. Who exactly is Terry? And why does he get his own fabric? Did he journey below SPF 50? Fight off some weeds and his daffodils? Hmm. How about a word for everyone? Flotection. Yeah, I just made it up. But I'm not making up how great it feels when me and Progressive protect your new home. Ever think of that, Terry? No. Terry only thinks of himself. Save an average of 17% on car insurance when you bundle home and auto through Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. This is... This is... This is... This is... This is... This is, this is. With Giancarlo Nava and Ryan Goins. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Nava. With me today, we have Heat Twitter President Alf. How are you, sir? What up? We have uh, Heat Beat Insider, Mr. Lefty Leif. What's up, what's up? And we have our guest for today, Mr. George Sedano who I think we're beefing with, although I'm not sure. Welcome to the program, <laughs> sir. Thank you for coming on. George, are you there? Did we we lost George already? We lost George already. Yo, yo, sorry. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought he took, I, he took the beef seriously and hung up on I know. I thought he, I was like, oh, he hung up what, already. Wait, what a, great, what a great troll move that would be. After all the crap that Harry's talked about <laughs> oh him, God, if he just hung up, he was like, yeah, I'll come on the show. Two seconds in, click. <laughs> I should have not called back, right? That would have been funny. <laughs> have been so, George, are we beefing? Are we recording now? This is great. No, yeah, we're recording. <laughs> okay, good. Are, are we beefing? I want to know. What's going on? Are you beefing with Heat Beat? Please say yes. Oh, man. I'm... Uh, sure. Absolutely. You <laughs> and you pesky-ass kids. Bring this up, dude. I mean, come on. We have to beef up. Um, why? Who have you beefed with previously? I mean, Adam Smoot. Um Oh man! Beefing with Adam. I'm not in that. No, then I ain't beefing with you. That, that, but but that's like yeah, that's not a show. Like we're trying we got... to go higher. We're trying to go higher on the showbiz ladder. So mm. Adam Smoot's a crappy nah. beef. Yeah, Adam Smoot's a crappy beef. A Dutch beef. I think. I actually beefing. I like Adam Smoot, man. I like Adam too. Adam's just mean sometimes. 
No, but you're right. He's mean as hell. He's mean. He's just mean. I got to protect my guys, though, because we... Uh, you the- guys got a little sensitive, though, on that last one. I saw that on Twitter. You guys got a little sensitive. Did you talk about it on your podcast? Yeah, we did. Uh, I felt bad about it because we're not... Well, we like to make fun of ourselves, and I don't think we take ourselves that seriously, but I, I don't know. That hit a nerve. I felt bad. It's just me. It's just me that I know, takes everything but... so seriously. Lace my baby bird. Leafy leaf. Leafy leaf. That's what happens. You got a little per- yellow sensitive. He was he's a writer and he gave you some constructive criticism in kind of a mean tone, but that's just who he is. And uh yeah, you guys got a little personal there. You got a little defensive. I thought you guys were you guys can't beef if you're gonna get defensive. Like that's not how it works. I hated us for that. It was it was awful writing. I mean it was just it, it was <laughs> I, it was random. You know, what? I, you know, I'm gonna be honest. I didn't read it, so I don't know. But I trust him. <laughs> That's a good move. I trust. I tr- I trust him. Like he's a good writer. Like I, you can not like him on Twitter or whatever. Um, and he doesn't write very often anymore. But when he does write, it's good. No, so. I've, I've read it. It's good. The piece he wrote about being a father was really good. Um, so wait, we, I, we sat there and defended Leif, and he didn't even like his own damn article. That's some <laughs> BS. Leif, I did no, that for say, you. No, you're no, the baby no, no, bird. No. I wanted to protect you. You're misconstruing, you're misconstruing <laughs> what I'm saying. The content and the, the spirit behind the article, I stand behind. But I'm not necessarily looking at that as winning some award for you know literature or something like that. So, so <laughs> we're sensitive now, apparently, and, and Adam hates us. Um, that's funny. I love that you guys are beefing with Adam Smooth, though. I think that's funny. We've been beat. Like, Adam has, like, taken shots at us forever, but, like, even when we were nobody, he'd make fun of our bad graphics when we were bad at it. He made fun of our website when it was. Oh, he's definitely, well, you know, he's a website designer. So, like, he's definitely, like, a website snob. No, he was totally right. He was totally right. Every time he'd, like, talk crap about anything we did. And I was like, oh, God, we really deserve it. It was bad in the beginning. Dude, we should bring on Adam Smoot as a consultant. It seems like every time he says something, he's right. But instead, we just make fun of him. So I'll pay him in T-shirts. <laughs> oh, I, I don't agree with anything that he says whatsoever, and no, I can't stand was... his Twitter account. But there's a lot of people that can't stand my Twitter account. Leif, it was it. so bad no. because I'm out here trying to defend you, and he goes, "No, bleep that guy," and he starts screenshotting like. Well, because I said I'd rather follow someone into a fire than follow him on Twitter. <laughs> Come on, man. I get it. Um, you know how hard that got for me. Yeah, I, I wasn't anyway. gonna comment. Anyway, let's move on to to more important, <laughs> to important <topics>. things. <laughs> um, I'm gonna just come on and say it. I don't think the Heat are gonna make the playoffs. I don't Uh-oh. have any guts. Ooh. I think the schedule is really tough. They play Cleveland once. They play Boston on the road. They play Toronto twice. Um, they play Washington twice. Milwaukee. I thought they had that that West Coast road trip that they performed a lot better than anybody really expected. So I just think the way scheduling is going to work out, I think Miami might be the one out. Well, and Milwaukee's playing much better right now. Um, since they've got Middleton back in the lineup, um, they've become they look like a completely different team. Basically, uh, it's really what they needed. They needed a floor spacer on that team, and he provides that. Uh, it's listen. I think it's coming down to the wire. Like I don't think it's a given that they make the playoffs by any stretch of the imagination because um, they dug themselves too deep a hole. I think that would be some crappy way to go out, though. If you're going to miss the playoffs and you're going to end up with, like, the 15th pick in the draft, like, that's going to suck. It's going to be – that's the worst case. That's the worst case scenario because you don't – Tank season's not happy because they don't get their good pick. And the other side of Twitter's not happy or Heat fandom's not happy because you missed out on the playoffs and you're number nine. 
That's gonna hurt. Well, no, I, well I mean, right, I, but somebody's gonna somebody's gonna go and say, "Oh, they got Kawhi at the 15th pick." I hate that. Well, no, see, I think um, I hate that. I think there's that. there's a lot of there's there's things that can be taken away from the season, even if they don't make the playoffs. Like, I think a lot of good things happened this year. And I think you learned a lot about a lot of the guys on this team, like who's worth bringing back, who's uh, who is probably expendable. I think we I think a lot of people are looking at Josh Richardson right now and are saying, is is he expendable? Like, was that was last year just a fluke? Um, Because it kind of feels like it, but he's also injured. But I mean, like, I think even if they don't make the playoffs, what Spo was able to accomplish this year I think carries a lot of weight. I, I think a lot of players around the league probably saw uh, what he was able to do for guys like James Johnson, Wayne Ellington, Dion Waiters. And I, I really think it, it increased uh, his cachet around the league. Uh, listen, I don't think there's any question, but that's not like a new thing that role players come to Miami and kind of yeah, find new but- life. It was but highlighted that- pretty ridiculously this oh, year. Like No question. Yeah, yeah no doubt. And look, I've been yelling and screaming since before LeBron, when LeBron was there, that Eric is a top five or six coach in the league, and people dismiss that a lot because of LeBron. Um, but I, I think that, you know, you talk to people around the league, okay? Like, I'm talking about GMs, assistant GMs, people like that, and the people who make decisions in that sport, and they all think Eric is a great coach. Uh, and this just highlights that. Like, I look at Eric right now, he may be the coach of the year, um, you know, whether it's him or Dan Tony, uh, you know, I, I think those would kind of be your top two guys. Um, you know, there might be a couple of other guys you can put in that conversation. Um, but I think those are where you start. And when you look at the league, like just kind of where he's at, where he ranks in the hierarchy, like pop is clearly the number one guy. And then after that, you can kind of make the case for Eric for number two if you want to. Now, I wouldn't put him there yet. I still think Rick Carlisle is the second best. Did we lose George? I'll talk about Brad Stevens, and and I think Brad is very good too. Look, man, you don't get Butler to where he got him to um, unless you're a good coach, okay? I I don't care what anybody says (laughs) because, you know, outside of Gordon Hayward, there's not a ton of talent rolling through there. Um, But he's clearly done a good job. Good. He's definitely he's definitely done a good job with Boston, but I don't think he's as good as Eric. Um, but so I think Eric is in that top five conversation for sure. I think he's definitely top three. I mean, whether, where you want to put him and Carlisle is up to you, but um, I think if you talk about the coaches in the league, he's top three, and I think he solidified that this year. And I that, and that's what I'm saying when you walk when you walk away from this year and whether they make the playoffs or not. And I, I think we all sound. I think we're all kind of down. I don't know if we're completely down on them making the playoffs, but the the loss of Dion at this crucial juncture, and I, God, that pains me to say that the loss of <laughs> Dion Raiders is crippling to my basketball team. <laughs> but the I'll way tell you this, though. I'll yeah. tell you this, to interrupt you real quick, and I'm not trying to say that you should celebrate a guy's injury because I think Dion's going to be out two to four weeks. That's my guess, okay? Um you know, I think he may try to come back sooner, but I think he's out basically two to four weeks. They're never going to say that, um, but that's my guess. Well, he said it. He pretty much said it. Yeah, but they're not yeah. saying that. Like, he yeah. kind of intimated that. It'll be a little bit. Um, it's worse than it was the original time. It's also the same one. Um, but, he's yeah, like, if he – yeah, if he misses a month, that here's the silver lining to that. You may be able to get him back cheap. 
I don't know about that, George. I, oh, he, listen. He, yeah, he has a point. Yeah. It does listen. a number of things, though. It, it, I mean, not only does it make it possible that you could get him at a reduced cost, but also it leaves open so many question marks going into the summer that I think we were hoping to get those answers by watching him play in the playoffs, see how, you know, uh, how he responds when he's being game planned for in a series. But, um, all of a sudden, if you don't get that opportunity to see that, it's tough to commit to him, especially if you have to pay him long term. So it, it, it raises as many question marks as it does provide any advantage, I would say. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I don't think, listen, man, like this notion, and I think I saw Barry Jackson write this, that he could command somewhere $14 million or yeah, whatever. Let him do listen, that somewhere else. <laughs> first of all, right, 100%. But number two, I don't buy that. Like, I don't buy that somebody is in essence going to give him a four-year deal worth $55 million. Like, I don't see that. I mean, Tyler like, got I 50. I, but I get it, but he doesn't bring the baggage of Dion Waiters, okay? Like, Dion yeah. Waiters has was a punchline up until just recently. <laughs> and, and by the way, you could still make the case he's still a punchline a lot of people. No, he is. A, he's okay? still a punchline. Very true. But so I mean, Derrick Rose just got money. I mean, I mean, Derrick Rose got money. Like Joe Kim no, Noah got money. Luau Dane got money. Timothy right. Timothy Majgov got money. Like the one thing, though, the I... thing. We're we're one year removed, though. We're one year removed from people throwing around a lot of money. I think, and Leafy Leaf can can get into this in a second. <laughs> um, are you doing the I, leafy leaf thing on purpose? Yes, of course he is. Yeah, yeah, of course. Right, that's I just what Ethan called sure, Because I did that. Yeah. On, I did that on the radio station with Ethan by accident. So, <laughs> yeah, leafy leaf. Um, I will say this: I, I we're looking at uh, there's going to be less. There's going to be more of a market correction. Okay, so I think there's going to be less people throwing around crazy money this year. And I think ne- the following season there'll be less. And I eventually will say that in the next, I don't know. Uh, we're we're about a, one more off season away from the market basically correcting itself. So I don't know how much money there is that's going to be out there for him, even this off season. Um, certainly not beyond that. So if he's going to get a contract, it's going to have to be now. I don't disagree I with wa- you. I one hundred percent agree. I think that you're going to see teams start to uh, to regret the way that they spent when they had the extra money and the and the cap ceiling went up the way that it did. Uh, and Riley has kind of alluded to that, or Andy, one of them, alluded to kind of waiting to look what happens in 2018 and, and that these teams spending, that they're trying to basically establish what the value of these guys are and what they're getting on the market. And that's going to eventually correct itself, you know, 2018, 2019. So um, the, the one kind of weird X factor with all of it is that the Heat has a little bit of incentive to spend this summer based on the fact that Bosch gets, you know, comes off the books. And I know that it doesn't appear like he's going to play. If I had to bet my life savings, I would say he'd retire. But you do have that kind of looming that if he plays 25 games, you know, that's right back on the books. Yeah, if I if I were venturing to, to bet on it too, I would bet that he doesn't play. Because even his last comments were kind of in that tone, right? Like, eh, maybe I won't play anymore. Whereas before it was adamant about, I'm coming back, I'm coming back, I'm coming back. And his most recent comments a few months ago were not that. And look, I think he, 
he's probably enjoying having a good time on Tuesday nights on TNT. It's very easy to get intoxicated um, yeah. by this business. You know what a I mean? And a, like, half, and a year and a half yeah. of not banging and and putting your body through all that stress, you know, to, to come back at this point, like, it's probably not ideal. You're probably thinking, like, wait, why would I, why would I want to do that again? Like... If I'm that's not paid. a factor, then I think patience is is kind of the way to go with with the heat. You know, I was like fumbling around on my timeline about what what it would take to acquire a star or move up in the draft. But you know, you kind of just keep mining these gems and building assets and pounce when you can. I, I don't really know that if the if you're not worried about Bosch coming back and that cap hit, uh, re, you know, coming back on your books, then uh, it makes sense to wait. I, I mean, what do you guys think? I agree with you, Lee. I would. I would wait it out. I, I think they no. Should. You go. You you see what you can get. I mean, you make you make pitches at the guys who are worth it. The Gordon Haywards, Blake Griffin, and of you, most likely those guys are going to stay put or whatever happens. Even though I still yes. think Blake, I think Blake is going to be you're like out there to be had. That. No, it's just because I look at the you Clippers, think Blake man. what I think Blake is going to be out there to be had. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be by the Heat. But I just look at the Clippers. I look at Doc Rivers. I look at that situation. I mean, how many years is he going to keep banging his head into that wall? Like, they're not beating the Spurs. They're not beating the Warriors. And they're probably not as good as the, the, the Rockets. So now you're fourth place in that conference, and your team just keeps getting older. And your coach is trash. And I think he's being exposed. No, come on, guys. Anyway. No, 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 no. no. I, I would say this. I don't think Doc is a bad coach. I think that Doc is a bad GM. And I think that the G- Doc the GM has failed Doc the coach more than anything else. I think the main I'd agree. problem I also don't think he's a he, – I think he's a middling coach. Like, I don't think he's a worst ever. Maybe trash was a strong word. But um, I enjoy using that word. So he, I, I he, use hasn't, it anyway. he hasn't done himself any favors because he's a good defensive coach, but he, he's coaching an offensive team. Um, yeah. No, listen, I get that. But the biggest problem they've had is that they don't have the right amount of depth to get them through the regular season. Also, some crappy luck as far as injuries are concerned. Um, but the biggest problem they had was the year they lost, they blew the lead to the Rockets. They had no depth. They were basically a six-man team, yep. and you can't get through this. You can't get through it that way. Like they needed one more dude on that team, and that. And by the way, they're locked in. Like if Blake resigns and Chris Paul resigns, they're locked into this thing too. I also do think Blake can be had, but honestly, I think Blake really loves Los Angeles, and I'm actually going to the Clippers Knicks game in a little bit uh, um, after this. And. I've talked to people that think that if Blake were to even consider leaving the Clippers, it wouldn't be to go anywhere but the Lakers, only because it could be his team. It's a young, up-and-coming team, and he gets to stay in L.A. I think, But but he has not been in a room with Spo and Bill Ferran's iPads yet, <laughs> which would sway his decision. So, until he, culture. he's the, he has he's the, the culture. and after culture. picks. They're going to bring James Johnson Matthew, into the meeting. Drop the rings. <laughs> bring Jake Johnson to Dion Waiters. Man, I was gonna say Rodney Magruder, but Dion's better. <laughs> no, Rodney Magruder or Carl White are gonna be in there. O'Carl picks him up at the airport, drives him in his like Prius. <laughs> his Hyundai Elantra. <laughs> Look, I, I think I will get all the meetings that he wants. But honestly, like I actually think if there's one guy that he should resign, it's James Johnson. If he comes back at a reasonable price, like if you can get James Johnson at four, you know, four for forty, you know, 
I do that not that deal in a heart. George, I, I think he's the one guy that it, it's okay to overpay for him. Yeah, I because, agree because of everything. He oh no 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 no! It's not overpay. You know, you don't overpay for James Johnson. Like, no, but what's James overpaying? Johnson's a good player. What I mean, like, I wouldn't it, go higher. I don't know, man. Like I wouldn't go more than twelve, thirteen million on it. That's what I'm thinking. Like twelve to fourteen million. I think per sounds right. Twelve, yeah, 12 million to fourteen million. Right. I would now if he want if he if we're talking about sixteen, seventeen, eighteen million. Then no, of course not. But Just I, let the Knicks pay him because that's who's going to do it. I mean, what's the mid level coming at? The mid level exception is going to be like ten in the eight range. Eight range. Eight to so, nine I mean, range. He's going to get above yeah. the mid level. It's just a matter of how much above. Alf, I have a question because you're complaining about James Johnson at over fifteen million, but they're going to have Tyler at twenty million for two years. Stop. And, oh and God! I, no, but let, let, let's <laughs> talk. By the way, are you going to stop on Tyler? He's balling right now. No, he's – I know. Okay, he's playing good. Number one, James Johnson is better than he is, and you don't want to pay James Johnson Tyler Johnson money. No, hold on, but but hear me out and let me be serious for a second. They have him cheap these two years, which are the years that they're not contending. When they're going to presumably try to contend is are the years that he's going to be expensive, and those are the years that you're going to want more cap. It'd be better if he got paid a lot this year because they're not really trying to do anything this year. It's, it doesn't matter if their cap's tied up. Well, it they couldn't. That's not. No, they, I, they couldn't I, I do it like I that. I mean, I don't know. I understand how the cap works. And I understand how the. the right, that was the beyond their control in a way. Yeah, no, it's yeah, situational. Like what what we're talking about is situational, uh, Gianni. Like the reason they you did can't that be was okay t- with paying him twenty million dollars, and you're not okay with but not paying a little bit for if, James if Johnson. Who says they're gonna pay him? Who says that, that they're that they're going to? Because you that's, think that's, that's, that's a super true. tradable contract. Any contract is tradable, especially yeah. a young a young player that you know can you know be a combo guard off the bench. You may even be able to start in certain places. You you don't think that that contract could be moved if the opportunity presented itself where they wanted to spend that money elsewhere? I don't think that that's like some albatross that you can't ever yeah, move. No, no I Pat don't, Riley isn't married to Tyler Johnson, dude. I guarantee you that. Like, if something comes along, Pat Riley is married. Buddy. Yeah, Pat Riley's married to anybody on this team. Nobody. Zero. And George, you're kind if of. Pat Riley, do you guys if hear? Pat Riley, Pat Riley. Do you guys hear George kind of breaking up, or is it just my? Yeah. It's just on my end. No, no, I hear it. I hear it breaking up a little bit. Yeah. George, Am I break? How about now? Yeah, you're better now. Better. Yeah, you sound better. Yeah, you sound better. Okay. I wonder what's Pat happening. Riley's not married to anybody on this team. Oh. Pat Riley. Um, am I am I going out again? No, you're good. No, you're good. Okay. Pat Riley, dude, uh, a month and a half ago, Pat Riley was like ready to like draft Lonzo Ball. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he was he had scouted him for a second time at that point. So Pat Riley knows that he can't be married to any of these dudes because they're just dudes. I think I think most of the what are you laughing at? Because they are just dudes. There's a lot of just. There's a lot of dudes. There's a lot of just dudes on this team, man. Like it's just I have those moments where I realize that I cape so hard on Twitter for <laughs> dudes. This moment of self actualization. Yeah, you know, self awareness, trying to practice it, get better. I, I'm such a big fan of James Johnson. I think he's a little more than just a dude because he has a skill set that's really unique. Like I think Roddy Magruder's just a dude. I think Dion's is just a dude. Like those are guys, but like James Johnson has a really specific skill set that Spo likes. Like if you look at the evolution of the Eric Spolster power forward, like 
after the the Udonis years, you know, you have LeBron and then you have Battier and you have Luol Dang. It's a continually evolving kind of three and D who can handle the ball kind of guy who can shoot threes. Like that's what Spo likes, and that's what flourishes in his system. He can do so yeah, that, many things with with that, and that's why that's why I think if you're gonna resign anybody, you resign him. But uh, and you and Heatbeat account um, actually tweeted this out today. Is that Prada article? Yeah. About um Hassan. about Hassan's defense and how basically the Blazers expose the way he plays the pick and roll. And I, I this is one of the things and kind of getting back to like last night's game and what's going on right now, and also kind of looking at the future when. And I brought this up on a podcast a while ago. When you look at the way that Hassan plays the pick and roll, how he sags back, how he plays it like a tradi- traditional big man. But in this league, with with the three-point shooting and all, I mean, you have so many skilled centers. You have all these point guards who can destroy you uh, offensively. Like, is Hassan the, the kind of guy um going forward that you want to build your team around i mean the blazers just completely expose um the way he plays the pick and roll yesterday but i'll say one thing on that that that's how but that's how they've played all year and they've had a top 10 defense they run guys off the three-point line and they have hassan in the paint and if you look at the numbers hassan is contesting so many shots at the rim this year i think he's in the top five because they're funneling them into him and he's doing a good job he's in the top 10 in rim protection and he's top 10 in, like, attempts defended. So that's by design, and it's worked. They run guys off the three-point line and send him his way. Yeah, but their execution yesterday sucked. Um, Absolutely. And I, it wasn't very good, and I know it wasn't very good because when I got uh, off the plane, I was able to listen to um, My the game was- in the car when I was stuck in L.A. traffic for an hour. Um, <laughs> I bet Inglis got- was unhinged. <laughs> no, yeah. it was Karate at the end of the game did a great job of breaking down their issues on the pick and roll yesterday and how they just got destroyed by, by Lillard and Nurkic. Um, and, and look, it, uh, that is Hassan. Like, Hassan puts up numbers. A lot of them are empty, though. And generally, he struggles against guys who are as good or better than him. Like, it's rare that he elevates his game beyond what um, the guys, the guy across from him can do. You know what I mean? Like, he... Like, I don't see him most nights going off against good centers. Like, Valanciunas owns him. Nurkic yesterday destroyed him. him, Um, Brooke Lopez. Generally (laughs) killed him. Uh, Like, that's the thing. Like, he's not that good. Um, like he puts up gaudy numbers. Wait, you're talking about the Easter Conference Player of the Week, by the way. Yeah, yeah I, I saw that. Correct. Okay, <laughs> I get those. I get those. I get those emails too. So uh, you know, I, I don't get them on Twitter. I get them in email form. So, okay. Uh, oh, big George Sedano. Oh, okay. I got all the list. Excuse me. Yeah. You, Us commenters. Wait till Miami Heat beat. Wait till Miami Heat beat gets credentialed. Then you can okay. talk. Uh, wait, wait to rub it. Wow. Wait to rub it in. I got the Bleacher Report app too, uh, George. <laughs> <laughs> You got team stream. Uh, yeah, got team so stream. anyway, <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah. Listen, man. Look, I just don't think he's that good. And here's the problem: like, could you fool somebody into taking him? Maybe. Um, and I think they, but I just think people around the league are too smart. Like this, like it's the same notion and conversation we were having about Deion Waiters. Like teams around the league, they look at him and they just say, "Yeah, you're still fucked." Oops, you're still um, you're still <laughs> that down, Brian. Uh, <laughs> Like that's that's what it is, and uh, and he, they do the same thing with Hassan Whiteside. They say you're still effing Hassan Whiteside. Like, yeah, you're better 
they've 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 harnessed your ability more. Um, but we still have questions. And got, GMs around the league are too smart, man. Like, there's not a lot of dummies anymore. Like, clearly, there's some Vladi Divots uh, here Jackson's. and there, but there's not many. Yeah, see, of those I, I disagree. There are still a lot of dummies, man. I, I really do. Like, somebody I, I think, just gave Evan Turner a bunch of money. Yeah, we think. I mean, we think of the elite. I mean, there's a lot of elite. Like, I think there's more elite GMs and more smart franchises than there have ever been. But there's still the Knicks. I mean, there's still the Nets. There's still uh, the oh, Bulls. see, I disagree I mean, about the Nets. I, I listen. I think Sean knows what he's doing, man. Well, I'm like, sorry. I'm, I'm talking to... about the the old regime. Like now, I think they're they're better. Yeah. But but like Gar Foreman, like I mean. I mean, they just sent what Cameron Payne down to the D League. Like, there's still a lot of idiots out there. I mean, so I, I don't. I mean, I agree. I think the top of the best of the best. I mean, we're seeing some of the smartest moves. We're seeing some of the most uh, just just well run franchises we've probably ever seen. But then we there's there's still the the dregs of the league out there that just this, continue this to great, make chronic moves. This is a great segue into uh, something I wanted to ask George about. Him, him rather being the Sixers than the Heat. Um, what's up with that? Long term, <laughs> still do. Still feel that way. I haven't changed my mind. Until you get... Listen, I know you can sit here and argue about Embiid. He's only played 31 games or whatever. Or Ben Simmons. I will tell you what. Those two... Now, look. Embiid is clearly more of a risk. But I think they shut him down um, twofold. They felt like he was, from what I understand... They weren't as worried structurally about his knee, um, but they felt like they saw enough. And let's for, not forget that the Sixers, potentially, depending on what happens with the Lakers pick, um, they can have three lottery picks this year because they've got their own. They could have the Lakers pick, and they could swap with the, with the Kings So in a loaded draft. So I think they realized, uh-oh, we're playing too well. Um, we need to kind of shut him down, number one. <laughs> Because we don't, we don't, you know, we've already seen what he can do. Um, but, you know, we don't want to take any chances. And they also, I feel like they thought, as much as they love him, I, I've talked to somebody there who told me they felt that maybe he's getting a little too out of control, right? Dancing at the concert, all that kind of stuff. Like, he need, we need to get him to chill out a little bit um, and kind of do it this way and use the injury as a reason to kind of slow him down a little bit. See, but doesn't that kind of all tie back to an organization's structure and the people at the top and kind of, uh, the way that it's built? I mean, I, for lack of a better term, cause you guys know, I'm going to try to pull the cliche, the culture. I mean, like back in, uh, I'm trying to think of a, of a good example in, in 2001, uh, when the heat had Rod Strickland and Kendall Gill and, and that team, you remember that team, George, uh, yeah. The Clippers had Michael Olawakandi, Darius Miles, Lamar Odom, um, Quentin Richardson. They had this young team. At that time, would you have said that you would rather okay, be the Clippers it, it, than the Heat? It, no, 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 because the Clippers are were the dregs of society. Uh, the Colangelo's the Sixers are. No, no, they're not. The Colangelo's aren't that. Like, what are you talking about? Like, go look at the Colangelo's history of running organizations. It's not that. It's not Wes Unseld and the Clippers. An like It's not even close team. to that. It's not even close to that. Well, his dad, last time I checked, built Phoenix. Um, so let's not forget that part. Well, um, Bill, and both but, of them are... You're what? talking about the, the, the 90s Phoenix teams? Well, no, built the, the 90s teams and had an imprint on the Nash teams. The Stoudemire teams. 
Gotcha. Okay. The good ones. So it's it, it's not like they don't know what they're doing, <laughs> those guys. So I, I don't agree with they're the Clippers of the 90s. Like, that's crazy talk. Um, and here's the other part. Ben Simmons is the only legit star that was in that draft last year. Like, that you could say, if you talk to every GM in the league, they will tell you there was a significant gap between Simmons and Brandon Ingram. Now, I think Brandon Ingram could be a nice player. I just don't know if he could be a star. Um, but I think he 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 could potentially be Kawhi-ish, not like the game and the way he plays. I'm just saying the fact that he could be a two-way player, even though he needs a lot of work. He's very raw, uh, is what I would say. Um, but Ben Simmons is legitimately going to be a star in this league. You want to talk about the skill set? Hold on. You want to talk about the skill set that James Johnson has? Ben Simmons has that skill set twofold at at this stage of his career, minus the shot right now. And that'll come because you can teach guys to shoot. Philadelphia has done that already with Robert Covington. Like, but don't teams can... don't teams get generational talent all the time, and they never tr- they never happen. I mean, look at the Raptors at that same time that I'm thinking of. They're building around Vince Carter, and you're thinking when he's missing that shot uh, in the first round against Philly, you're thinking, man, Toronto's building around Vince Carter. That team's going to be amazing. And then you look at the next decade compared to Miami's decade, and at that time they were you know parading well, around with Lafonso Ellis. Yeah, it turns but Toronto's out that he had a better future. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but, but I, I think there's Toronto, a trend there. No, no, man. First, tax thing is ridiculous. Like, it's really hard to get guys to go there. It's not easy to get guys there. Like, I get Kyle Lowry and DeMar really enjoy playing together, but it's not traditionally that. The biggest reason, on you talk but it was one of the bigger reasons Vancouver failed. Yeah, George, you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, you're no, now. You're, we, yeah, yeah, now it's better. better now, yeah. Sorry. Okay, it was one of it was one of the bigger reasons why Vancouver failed because it was just too hard to maintain two teams in Canada um, because guys didn't want to go there because of the the money situation. Um, so I don't think those things are equal. Like I don't, I don't think that's the case. So fast forward, they've got potentially three draft picks here in a loaded draft. They've got a coach in Brent Brown who's really good, man. Like we talked good. about good coach. Really, we talked about good coaches earlier. Like he's a guy that gets zero credit. Like, yo, he's starting TJ McConnell at point guard. And like some combination of that and Sergio Rodriguez and was at one stretch had won as many games as the Heat um, who were playing, who have better players than them. So like, they're not that team. They're not the Clippers. They're not any of – like, those those examples you're using are either extreme examples um, or outlier situations like Toronto. Like, you know, with Canada, like, there's not much you can do there, um, at least at that particular time. So I, I do think the Sixers' long-term viability is better because they potentially will have stars. The Heat don't have stars. Like, I had some arguments with some dude on Twitter the other day trying to argue me argue with me about Goran Dragic being a star. I'm like, stop, man. Goran Dragic, if there was, if we were doing a debate right now, like what, like today was the end of Goran Dragic's career, we'd be throwing him in the Hall of Very Good. Not the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Great even. The Hall of Very Good. He's never been an and all-star. You, so are, are you prepared and, to say that the Sixers will win a championship before Miami will win another one? No, 
because Pat can pull a rabbit out of his ass, and, and of course it can happen. Uh, but see, Leif, but, Leif, I, but, I don't, I don't really like that question because we're talking about immediate future, and like what what you're asking is not something that's easily guaranteeable. Like what George is saying, and while I agree with him, Philadelphia, like if you look toward the next five six years, Miami doesn't. Miami's gonna. There's nobody available for Miami as of now that they can become good or any well, think, any I'm sense so of happy con- this is being of recorded. any I'm sense so of happy. contention. <laughs> no, not well, that Phil- thinking- not, but not that Philadelphia is. But you see a path that they can. I hate being the. I'm well, no, ass- what I, what I'm I think, assets what I think, guy now. I hate. What you. I think we're doing, we're doing, we're doing. There's two different conversations. Ugh. In a vacuum, when you look at what the Sixers have and what they have coming to them, yes, their future looks brighter. But when you actually when you take past history into account, and I even even if I'll give you the Colangelos and all the crap they've done, and but I, if I also look at Pat Riley and the Heat and what they've done, and I say which which franchise would I rather be, I would still always rather be the Heat because of the fact that you have Pat. You have Andy Ellsberg, you have Spo, and you have Miami, and you have Mickey Arison. Like you have these things that have proven time and time again, no matter how far they fall, they will come back quicker than any other franchise in the league. But so, so, but when you look at the Sixers, yes, they have this bright future. They have all they have all these assets. But I'm like, I'm looking back at all the, you know, I'm not going, I'm not going to sit here and Google every draft. But how many first first overall picks do they have? Have they had? And that are gone. I mean, it just it just seems like a, a a cycle. Like they 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 draft these guys, they don't work out, they lose them. They draft these guys, they get hurt, they sit for two years, they okay, lose them. But but you, like, you but you also forget they they switched per, like <laughs> the decision maker is a completely and different I person right now. I understand. <laughs> I, like I understand, but these it seems like these teams that draft at the top of the draft every year stage drafting at the top of the draft every year. Like it's it's a cycle that just repeats itself because by the time these guys get good enough to command a big deal they go somewhere where, where there's actually winning being done not the same right, loser franchise who, that they've who, been with who, who, for the first six who, years who scares you in the east like who scares you in the east nobody that's the okay. point i mean Lebr- that- lebron is the only thing that scares you but and just there's so many examples of teams that get all the tools but then they never build the house like I don't know how else to put it. Like they just don't put it all together because it takes more than just talent and 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 nailing a bunch of draft picks and acquiring assets. Uh, okay, you know, like listen, l- l- listen, culture boy. I get it. I get what you're saying. <laughs> I, I was there. Okay, I know what Miami can do. What I'm telling you is, if you ask Pat Riley if he could have Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons, uh, if he could flip rosters right now, what would he rather have? He'd rather have Philadelphia. Yeah, that's in a, that's ra- what I'm saying. In a vacuum, yeah. In a vacuum, Absolutely. yeah, I agree with you. But if you're telling Pat right now, if I put Pat on this podcast right now and said, Pat, I'd give you the Sixers roster and you, can their you do picks. that? I might be able to. <laughs> no, I, I don't I don't no, listen, no. man. It took like I I I don't use the Pat Riley. Listen, let me explain something to you. Okay. Let, let's go off on a tangent here for a second. I love tangents. Let's go. In the media if you have any relationship with the Heat, you have what's called – I like to call the Pat Riley card, right? Now, it's basically like in Monopoly, the get-out-of-jail card, right? Like you don't use that card unless you absolutely have to. So considering I had to write a 3,000-word piece for ESPN.com about the relationship between Shaq and Pat Riley, 
And I, so that's the, that's the time I used that card. And I had a 30 some odd minute conversation with him. Like, no offense to you guys. I don't even know if I like you guys all that much. I, that card for you. <laughs> I, I barely use it on myself. I sure as hell ain't going to use it on you guys. Did you, you guys talk you about the, the Sixers roster? Did you talk about the <laughs> we Sixers didn't talk roster? about the Sixers roster? Why no, not? we actually. See, that's what 30, I mean. <laughs> we we spent thir- well that day. We spent thirty five minutes talking about Shaq. Listen, well the, here, here's no, the on, other we, question. We don't really need. Jordan. I think we're gonna get Anthony Chang to do it for us. Oh god. Well, Anthony Chang, I'm sure. I'm sure Anthony <laughs> Chang could pull the pack card for you. Yeah, Maybe he likes he us. He's, a, sure he's our so friend, old. unlike you. I, I'm 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 debating on whether I should get you Cassidy Hubbard, even though you won't hit that threshold. What was the bet again? Whoa, 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 was it forty? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Was it forty-five? Forty-five. I mean, it was. It really was forty-eight. I'll even give you forty-five, but you're not. Getting no, no. Carried. There's there's tape of forty-five. I gotta find the tape. There's tape doctors, of forty-five. Sorry, I know. <laughs> you're not getting to forty-five anyway. Dude, have you heard our podcast? You think we could doctor audio? <laughs> well, you're not getting to forty-five anyway, so there's that too. Well, we have to go like eleven and one or something at this point. With their thirty-four and yeah, 34. Cassidy Hubbard yeah. barely is barely is on my podcast, let alone uh, let alone hey, you on your it's, it's your regular season. It's regular season and playoff wins combined, right, George? Nah, nah, <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Anyway, go ahead, Leafy Leaf. What were you gonna go before I went off on a tangent with the Pat Riley charge card? What uh, what were you gonna say? I don't even remember. Uh, I I can't remember at all. We were talking. I said that if you gave Pat the opportunity to flip uh, rosters and their assets and picks and all that, what that I said he would absolutely do it in a heartbeat. Oh no, and I agree with you. I think that he would too. But I, I don't think that 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 that's an indicator of of guaranteed future success that that Philadelphia is going to be able to put those guys, pieces together and do that. You guys are having two different conversations. Yeah. Leif, you would rather have the Heat front office and their culture and their history and. I think George is talking more just as far as roster construction. So I I think you guys are having, I think the reason that's what I'm saying in a vacuum. Yeah, sure. That rock. What, when you look at everything they have, like it looks great, but I just don't trust. And I, it just seems like I've been watching Minnesota draft at the top of the draft for 20 years. It feels like, I mean, dude, the president died for God's sake. Oh my God. God, What? Jesus. I'm not laughing you know? at that. <laughs> yeah, you are. I'm laughing Jesus. at Al falling over. I'm laughing. No, we've laughed at death. I mean, you guys were making jokes as Alan Thicke We laughed died. at Yeah, we laughed at Alan Thicke God, like the day he died. So bad. But it was a really good But I, I feel like Alan joke. I feel like Alan Thicke would want you to laugh when he died. Yeah. We made it uh somebody made it. I don't know the Minnesota Timberwolves former president's uh sense of humor, but Flip Flip Saunders would not. Flip Saunders oh, is like no. one of the nicest kindest people you'll ever meet like legitimately the only person i think who didn't like flip saunders was um was rasheed wallace um there's a great story about that um that where um it was the year they lost to lebron um so it was two years removed from them losing to the heat uh with flip so they'd lost back-to-back years at the conference finals and uh, flip again. I'm not even. I'm not even joking when I tell you that you could not find a person in the league that didn't like him. Okay, like, and I've had these conversations with Chauncey Billups and talks about how much he liked Flip. Um, but Rashid is a special breed. Like he really just like Larry Brown and him had a had a great bond. Like those two guys, Carolina. Like they just got each other. Like Rashid was one of those guys who's so smart that he hated all his coaches because he was smarter than them. 
um, except Larry. <laughs> so, um, you know, like, so with Flip, nice guy, but they lose again in the conference finals to LeBron this time. And apparently the story goes, the legend goes that in the locker room, and I've gotten this confirmed, so it's not really a legend. It's a real story. Um, <laughs> that he apparently told uh, – he went into the coaches and started ripping into them, like ripping into an assistant and ripping into another assistant. And then he gets to flip and he goes, and you, you're the most non-coaching mother bleeper I've ever played for. <laughs> and I played for Mike Dunleavy Sr. <laughs> So, so somewhere Mike Dunleavy Sr.'s ears were ringing and going like, how the hell did I get hit by this shrapnel? Sheets like, what the hell happened out. here? Yeah. And it was just like, I mean, it's so, it's funny, but it's terrible because Flip, first of all, is just was such a nice man. Um, and obviously he's no longer with us, which, but it's like, it's funny, man. Like, yeah, that's, that's wild. But anyway, I thought you were going to say she'd punch him in the face or something. I was, I was ready. For no, like no, no way. She, she John Crotty tells me him. great. No, 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 no. He would never do that. Um, she was that, that kind story. of guy. I no, no. I, listen, I like calling him the most non-coaching his mother bleeper ever. Like oh, that's you know, pretty it's good. Great. It's a great it's story. Fitting. It's I just thought fitting. It, I, I just thought it would, uh. It would escalate to Sheed having his hands around his neck or something. John John Crotty tells tells me told me a story once about when he played on those Portland teams with him, and how Dunleavy uh, wanted Sheed to get in the post. So Crotty would be in the game, and Sheed would be flaring out to the three point line, and Crotty would be like at the elbow, and he'd like point to the post, <laughs> and then like Sheed like shake him off like a catcher, and then he'd just be like, and then he'd look at Dunleavy, and Dunleavy's like pointing to the post and he'd point to the post again and she would just shake his head and he'd be like throwing his hands up like what is happening here and then she would be like man just give me the damn ball <laughs> and then he'd be like whatever fine and that was kind of it that was kind of life with she it was I always interesting so much he's so gr- i love that he was on those that boston team that went to the i, I just loved watching him i'm so gr- oh Thanks. well listen I, I when the heat played them in the pistons those two years um Oh man, it was so great! I'll never forget when they beat the year they beat Miami, when Dwayne got hurt with the rib or whatever, uh, um, in the stand year. He uh, <laughs> so I I used to have a seat right behind the Heat bench back then, and so he would. <laughs> Damon Jones couldn't to, couldn't defend Chauncey to save his life in that series, right. and so. Rashid would get the ball at the elbow and they'd post Chauncey up on Damon and he would he would have the ball way up above his head and he'd look at Steve Smith and you know he played with Steve Smith in uh in Portland that's when Smitty came back to Miami that one year and he'd go hey Smitty hey Smitty watch this and he'd go (laughs) all day all day and he'd just like give it to Chauncey Chauncey would just eat Damon's lunch and and he'd just like he jogged backwards, just kind of like the Michael Jordan shrugs. You're like, I told you. <laughs> and it was uh, it was unbelievable. Like, he was the best. Like, so good to cover. Like, oh, it was always so great. Speaking of players and coaches yapping, when you talk to Riley, do, uh, what was said off the record about him and Shaq before Shaq was traded and what transpired in that practice when Alonzo had to separate him? Did he speak to that? You know, he said that sto- like he said to me that the stories were embellished. And I said, Pat, I said, were you you're crazy? Like, what were you doing trying to step with him? Um, and he's just like, ah, those stories get embellished. We had arguments, but 
You know, he's <laughs> like, for the most part, it was love. And, you know, and look, he did, you can actually look it up in the story. Um, he talks about, though, how, and I don't remember the exact quote, but he, he, he made some sort of comment basically talking about, like, look, man, like, he didn't say this, but he basically inferred that, like, I'm no day at the beach, okay? So I get that. <laughs> um, you know, and he did kind of take some of that blame, but he didn't apologize for it. You know, he's like, that's just who I am, and that's just the way it's going to be. And you know what? You give and take. And he's, he basically talks about how he likes confrontation, you know, not to the point where it's every day. But he likes he thinks that's a good dynamic. And look, Eric does a lot of that, too, and has always done a lot of that. Um, I mean, he does it with Hassan, I think, still, to some extent. And, you know, I, I, that's kind of the discussion that he had about about Shaq. It was that. And look, it was mostly very, very referential and, you know, basically talking about how if it wasn't for Shaq and that move, that the franchise would not be considered what it is because it, it kind of started everything, really, um, from a championship-level perspective. And Do you guys ever think he'll talk about LeBron that way? <sighs> um, <laughs> In that way, I mean, it, he, he's going to be able to speak about it with, with love at some point, but I, I don't it think... Now. Yeah, it ain't now. It ain't now. <laughs> I, I, I look, and maybe, maybe what's his face uh, who works with me, who's Hunter. Uh, what's his face? Uh, I just <laughs> his name blood. escaped me right now. I'm gonna add him for the uh, podcast. Send him the. Audio. The guy who wrote the Tiger Woods. The guy who wrote the Tiger oh, Woods. Oh, the piece. the one who's doing the Riley piece. That um, yeah, maybe he can yeah. get him to say something. Now we didn't really talk about LeBron. My whole thing was about Shaq. So look, could Pat get there? Yeah, I don't think Pat hates LeBron. I just think Pat's so competitive that it doesn't allow him to love LeBron right now. I think that's I think the, that's what I would say. It'll get to a point where, like, real knows real. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, yeah. Game- oh, listen, there's no question. Game recognizes game. And I'll tell you this. Say what you want, man, about Pat. And I've had arguments with a million people about him. I am a disciple, okay? I'm not saying he doesn't have flaws. I know those flaws, okay? I just told you them that he can be – he can push a little too hard. Like, I've seen it firsthand, okay? But – I am a disciple I, in, that, in the sense that he knows what he's doing. Um, it's rare that he's going to get it, his, caught with his pants down like he did with LeBron. And he's – LeBron – I've had this conversation. I know you guys don't like this guy. But Winhorst and I had this conversation. And he's right. Like he wrote once that LeBron did to Pat what Pat's done to everyone else. Well, and yeah. he's right. <laughs> Pat, LeBron got rid of Pat when he didn't need Pat anymore. And Pat has done that, and it's and he's been right every time. He just right? did it to Whether Dwayne, it was, <laughs> right? Dwayne, go back to Zoe, and yeah, like I've told a lot of people, and you know when the Wade thing happened, we did a podcast, a secret podcast that never got aired. No, it, right? it got, you know it got I mean? aired. It got aired one day. Oh, okay. I was gonna say we could have sold it like Wu Tang, <laughs> the lost uh, episodes. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, like I told you that day, I said, listen, this thing is bad. This thing is, it, I don't know if it's beyond, I, I, it may, it's likely not be, it's, it's likely beyond repair, and you were crying, novice. I cried. Uh, I cried. Listen, I wrote the sappiest column and, I've ever and, written in my life. Hot, hot, hot Take Harry was telling me I was crazy, and I'm t- I was like, dude, I'm t-, and look, I was sitting on the fact that I knew he was probably, at that point when I was talking to you, I was like, 75 to 80% sure he was going to Chicago. And I was texting with people at that time. And 
I, I think we finished the podcast, and 10 minutes later, yeah. I got the text of, hey, it's two, two for 47 in Chicago. And I was like, okay. And then I tweeted it out. And it was over. And, and that, that was it. Like, it, it happened. And I'm telling you, Pat's great at that, though. Like, say what you want. And I love Dwayne, too, okay? Like, Dwayne is my guy. But Pat's right. He was right on Dwayne. And he was right on Zoe, and he was right on Timmy, and he was right on Shaq, and he's been right on a lot of guys when he's gotten, um, when he's shown them the door, or he's allowed them to leave, or traded them, or whatever, uh, however you want to describe it. Look okay? at the guys he said um, no to this offseason. Dang, Joe Johnson, Dwayne, all bad now. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Listen, um, Dwayne, it, it pains me to say it, but yeah, like he... He, if I were him, I would opt in um, to the twenty three oh, and a half million. Have. Yeah, like I, but unless he just wants to go after another ring, and then you know you can justify that. He could get look if he's okay with getting the mid level at nine and getting one of those like you know I don't know like the mid level for two years would probably be. Well, I guess I don't know if you could do two years. Um, man, that would be tough because he's what thirty five. Not yeah. opted out of that deal, man. He is not. <laughs> Well, unless somebody gives him like the mid level for two or three years, like I could see him doing that and just saying, "Okay, that's cool." On a good team, um, you Cleveland, know, like Cleveland. I, I'm not saying anything. I, that's I don't the know one. That, that's so the I, one that comes up, man. Right. I'm not saying anything because I don't know. Okay, but uh, and I'll tell you this: Dwayne and those uh, around him were shocked um that this happened and they felt like you know what they deserved better and they did deserve better um ultimately and, and i i don't mean it monetarily i just mean it the way pat went about it um but that's how cold and callous he is man like do i think it was right that pat riley wouldn't even meet with him call him text him um like i was told at the end like yo they didn't even try <laughs> like to bring me back or bring him back yeah he said um, they, that, they didn't fight true, for, they but- didn't fight but but a lot of that stems from when LeBron left. I mean, I, I it's I mean it's been well documented. But the minute the the way the Dwayne Pat disconnect happened, the minute that he felt like Dwayne knew LeBron was out the door, and he still was flying to Vegas and meeting with him and going through that whole you know jumping through those hula hoops for um for a player that was already gone. Yes. The le- the letter was yes. already written, and Dwayne yes. knew that. Um, so, I mean, yes. it's, I think it's a little ridiculous to some extent to not look at the whole, like, you know, all the, the chain of events that took place uh, as to how it got there. You know, it's not like Pat just said, I don't need Dwayne anymore. You're out. OK, I, I, I agree. Uh, there is a chain of events, but I still at the end of the day, I still don't think Pat handled it right. And I'll tell you this. Pat will probably Pat tell will tell you in a private moment. He didn't handle it. I right think either. Pat's kind of already said that. I mean, he's, yeah, he he's, has. he's oh, alluded to that. Yeah, but it, I think at the t- I mean, I think at the time. No, those- but one thing is if he tells the media. Another thing is if he's saying it for real. Like, I think like there are a lot like I've covered Pat Riley a long time. Sometimes there are times he says things. He says a lot of like forget about what he says. Listen to what his actions are or watch what his actions are. Um. I think when he said that, I think he was saying that because Dwayne was coming back and it's the right thing to say. And I'm not saying that he didn't feel that way 100%, but I'm just telling you that it's one of those things where um, I think that as time has gone by, like he probably feels it more is what I would say. Listen, Pat saw those videos of those guys on a boat in the Mediterranean while he's trying to sit there and talk to Kevin Durant and coming to Miami. And he was he was having none of that. He, he got, I, I think he let, I mean, 
Dwayne thought he should be the priority in front of Hassan as well, though. I mean, he thought he should be priority number one. Yes. Um, So, you know, that's a tough spot. George, you think that they get in the room? Speaking of Durant, you think they get in the room with any free agent they want coming up? Because they're not, they're not so in. Like they're far removed from winning a championship. So I'm kind of wondering. Well, who who who's who's the, who are we talking about? I mean, like, just, I don't think just, Steph Curry's. No, yeah, I, I mean, like, I don't think he, there's, you know, two, like there's basically Gordon, two guys: Gordon Hayward and, and Blake Griffin. That's the two, yeah, I think two it's, guys. I think they could get a meeting with Gordon Hayward and Blake Griffin. I think it's possible. Sure, I don't. I don't see why not. Like, I don't think they're the Knicks, right? Like, where they're not going to get a meeting <laughs> with people. Um, did it? Did it? Did Dwayne cancel on the Knicks? Did, weren't they have a meeting and he canceled on them? Yeah, I don't think. Well, he never met with them personally. I know that. Didn't they want maybe, to? Though? Maybe in 2010 he did. Well, what, when not. they signed, when they signed Courtney Lee, like it was done. Like he yeah, couldn't they go. Didn't like, have they, they didn't have any money. Like they didn't have any space for him. Um, yeah, and look, I mean, the Knicks. I can get. Look, I, I, it's funny. I had a long conversation today since the Knicks are in town with Frank Isola, and man, I could tell you all sorts of great stories from the Knicks beat writers today. Like I met with a bunch of them. Do it. Do it. Over the thirty minutes. Let's go. Give give me something. Give me something. They've got stories. I mean, the Phil stuff has reached the boiling point to the point where it's like, um, like even people in the building are starting to be like, "Dude, what did we do here with him?" You know, like it's that. It's that kind of thing. He's a crazy old man. Um, Yeah, 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 man. It's not. It's not pretty. (laughs) And here's the thing. He. He's look, man, he, when you've had this type of success he's had. And I remember having this conversation with Phil. Um, I was filling in on Mike and Mike one morning, uh, the morning after he was hired. And I was doing the show with Golik. And I asked him plain and simple, like, what makes you think you can do this job uh, just because you were good at the other job? And he gave me some long BS answer uh, <laughs> of like. He'd been around Red Holtzman, who was one of the greatest coach general managers of all time with the Knicks. And I think he had made some sort of flailing comment about Jerry West, who, by the way, he didn't even get along with all that well. Um, And it was like basically what he was trying to tell me is through osmosis, right? Like he picked this up (laughs) being around these people. That's sports analysis. (laughs) Yeah. And it was like, okay, But he was not happy that I asked that question and followed up. Go ahead. Sorry. I didn't mean it. Yeah, it, it, it's just, but that's just it. Like he just, he went into it with, Hey, I'm Phil Jackson. I can make this work. And he's kind of got, still has a little bit of this rivalry with Pat. And he feels like, ah, if Riley can do it, I could do it. Like how hard could it be without realizing how many years it took Riley of failure uh, to get to the point where he got, you know, like I, I and he's 70, is right? He, is he embarrassed, like, George? Is he what? Is he embarrassed? Cause this has been embarrassing. <laughs> like what's happened with him has been embarrassing, and is he self-aware yeah, enough to know that I, it's been embarrassing? I I would think so. I don't know. I didn't ask that question, but I'll ask tonight when I go to the game. I'll ask a bunch of the beat writers and just right. kind of see what kind of answer I get to that question. And maybe it's great. Time I come on the podcast. It's great to see. It's great to see Isola always comparing him to Riley, <laughs> and he's had like multiple tweets where he's like talking about what Riley's doing compared to what. Phil's doing, and I'm sure Phil gets really upset at that because you know that. Oh, for sure. <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, well, Frank it just has ultimate respect for Pat. Um, I, you know, I mean, you know, Frank was a young, young beat writer when Pat was there. So, like, I just think he just holds him in such high regard. 
um, that is just that. But and clearly, Pat's done a really bleeping good job, right? Like even though he had many many failures. Mm, the first I don't ten know. Years. Better to, than the Sixers. According to Coachy. <laughs> according to who? Coachy. Coachy. No. Your boy, Coachy. Coachy Ramos. Yeah, yeah. Coachy yeah. Ramos. Um. Yeah, listen, I think Pat's done a good job. I, I've always said to him, there's a mil- there's multiple ways to skin a cat, right? Um, and just because he does it one way uh, doesn't mean it, it's not successful. I think clearly you you can't sit here and not say he's not been successful. Like, that's crazy talk. Um, you, know you, could, you could prefer another method. That's different. But, George, like, yeah, he's, 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 he's no hinky. He's no hinky. But you know, but let's get, let's honestly, you know what? It, would you guys talk? What you talking about? Isola was a young man when um when Riley was with the Knicks, and like when you think about it now, and, that, and it goes back to what I was saying before. Does Riley hold the same cachet with younger players that he did? Like with the, I mean, the Wades and the Lebrons, like that generation is. I mean, we're we're watching these guys kind of fade away a little bit, a little bit. I mean, we probably got three more, three or four more That's- years of those guys, but. The younger generation, do they know who Pat Riley is? Like, do they right. care who Pat yeah, Riley yeah, is? Yeah, but I, I think that you know who Pat Riley is. But do you care? One of the, well, I think you care a little bit. Look, the Lakers rode Jerry West for a really long time, man. Okay? And Jerry West, look, the, and the Warriors then hired him as a consultant, right? Like, he, and he's the reason they didn't trade Clay for Kevin Love. So, yeah, I do think that you hold some weight. Is it going to have the same, is it going to resonate the exact same way? No. I mean, the um, ring's think, on the table. I don't know if they're working this time around. Well, but look, but, they're only a couple of years removed from that, right? Like, I still think that he's got – that bought him. Those LeBron years bought him some more years. Um, well, I also think that, um, like, when you look at – like, yeah, the legend of Pat Riley may be more attractive to today's player than Pat Riley as a person because of the age difference or whatever you want to put correct. there. Correct. But when, you, when you've got – when you've got Spo, who's a little younger, and now you've got Shane, who's with the organization, yes. who's well-respected, I think that you're making the right moves to surround him with guys that can connect with today's players. Yeah, 100%. And look, the reality is this, man. And, you know, nobody's necessarily talking about this, but whenever Pat does call it quits, my guess is that Eric becomes the Popovich here. Yeah. And Eric, Eric will coach it for as long as he wants. And, you know, Eric will eventually do what Pat did and go upstairs, you know, and the circle of life will continue, you know. And then Dan <laughs> um, that's Craig kind of the head coach. <laughs> right. Or Juwan, you know what I mean? Or whatever. Or you know Quinny. What I mean? like, Quinny. No, not Quinny. I, I would say that Juwan. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa. I don't think Quinny's head coach material just yet. We were going to, the day that Shaq got his jersey retired, <laughs> Us being the counterculture that we are, we wanted to have Chris Quinn Day, release like a Chris Quinn graphic every hour, like Chris Quinn stories. I was flying, so, so I couldn't do it. That would have been that would have been awesome. I'm so disappointed we didn't so, do that. So petty. Um, Shaq was great that day. I don't know you. You guys like our aunt? Are you? I love Shaq. Shaq. I, wrote, no, I wrote a great pro Shaq call. I was just flying, so I couldn't watch the game. I was sad. Mm. Uh, yeah, George, Shaq was great. Before we let you go. Harrison, hot take Harry, wanted us to ask you how many heat That's games the guy with you- the uh that's the guy with the uh, hot take Harry. That's the guy with the uh Sesame Street yes, avatar. That's the guy that scorches yeah. earth. Yeah. Now is he now does he look like Big Bird or Ernie or Bert or Grover? <laughs> which one does he actually look like? Which is the one that lives in a trash can? <laughs> Oscar the Grouch? That guy. 
he looks like yeah. him, and he is awesome. He yeah, dresses he's like him. Yeah, he has a be- yeah. He 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 dresses same like eyebrows. <laughs> oh wow, that's not that's not a good look. How did how did this become Harry slander? Uh, Listen, we always want a Harry slander. Um, so ask the question. Harrison wanted to know how many Heat games have you actually watched this season? Dude, I watch them all. Like, I don't know if you realize this. I live in an area where I can watch games at 4.30 in the afternoon. George, like, it's pretty easy to watch East Coast basketball. George, you're great at radio. You are one of the best young talents around. You know you I'm have not to young say. anymore. You right, know so you let's have stop to there. Uh, the, the answer is none. Yes, I've I haven't that. watched any. And then we end the show. Honey? In here. Oh, you painted the ceiling. Yep. Blue. Feels so much less cooped up, right? I guess... What's the yellow paint for? Well, the floor needs a double line, otherwise it's chaos. Can you hand me that yield sign? It's hard to be without your bike, so do something easy and protect it with Progressive Motorcycle Insurance. With basic policies as low as $75 a year, you'll be back on the road in no time. Visit Progressive.com to quote today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states.